Welcome to the Becoming Bedrock Podcast. I'm Adrian Del Monte, father, husband, educator, and coach. On this show, we equip fathers with the daily disciplines and the rock-solid mindset to forge a lasting legacy of fitness, family, and faith. Welcome. I'm grateful you're here. Welcome back to Becoming Bedrock. We've got everyone's favorite coach, Coach Ryan Family, in the house. That's me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and we are talking about emotional eating today. And Ryan, this is a big one. Like, you know, our audience is dads. The days are emotional. The kids are emotional. Why is this so hard for people to just like not eat things that aren't on the plan or that aren't good for you? It's really difficult because, well, there's a couple of things. One, and we didn't even talk about this beforehand, but first of all, every generation that comes is softer than the generation before. Yeah, like true. our grandfathers were fighting fucking Nazis and going through the depression and we can't put down an Oreo. Hey, you know what I mean? Like already, no. it only <laughs> took you 47 seconds to get to my Oreo problem. <laughs> no, but, but in all seriousness, like yeah. if, if you really, th- if I were to complain to my grandfather who's passed away, both of them have one of them fought in world war two. The other one lived through the great depression and like farmed and like lived poor his whole life. If I were to tell them like, grandpa, I had a really bad day and I ate a whole bag of Cheetos. He would look at me like both of them would be like, what's wrong with you, son? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, so we need to toughen up. And then, but there's other things. I think people are just not generally aware of their emotions and how food feeds into that. It's so true. My grandfather died at 96, probably never exercised a day in his life, but he had the Mediterranean diet, right? He he like worked hard, right? He was a contractor. In the later years, he wasn't out, you know, actually doing the construction, but he ate like minestrone soup, lots of vegetables, olive oil. Like these were the things. And he lived in 96. Yeah. And so now we're in, we've got all these options and it, maybe it's just made us soft. Is that it? it we're, we're victims of our environment. Is that it? Or I, I think I it's like, victims. It's victims of environment. We're victims of convenience. You know what yeah. I mean? Like every little thing that we have in our life that makes our lives easier and better while it's a net positive also makes us turn to absolute baby shit when we don't have that thing. You know what I mean? Like imagine like like how much would you whine if your internet was down for three days and you had no cell service for three days? Oh, I can't work. I'm bored. I can't read. It's like, wait a minute. Like this is all new stuff. Like our grandparents didn't have that stuff, you know? And so all that stuff is a net positive in society. It makes us rely on it too much. And we become too attached to these things that um, we really shouldn't be. Yeah. And it's quick, right? I mean, I think that's the nature of emotional anything. Same with our cell phones. As an example, we feel an itch of inconvenience or hunger or whatever it is, and we need to immediately scratch it. And I think we've just got used to saying, I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm tired. Therefore I need, I need something. What am I, what's going to be, you know, it's phone, phone, uh, phones, it's porn, it's, it's, uh, uh, food, these things just like satisfy that itch. We've become bad at delaying sort of uh, that itch because that's typically if you can delay it, you know, you can get yourself through it. So I, I do think it's a challenge and we need to, you know, we want to help guys. So let's dive in. Let's dive in real quick to ways we can conquer emotional eating. We've got five great reasons. Number one, Ryan, tell us about the importance of naming the beast. 
Yeah. First of all, you just have to name what the root, you have to figure out what the root cause is for your emotional eating. And this requires a little bit of a deep dive, but the fact remains, we don't just eat to fuel our bodies. We don't just eat to fuel our workouts. Otherwise it would be easy to just eat chicken and rice and broccoli all day and not worry about it. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're bored. We eat when we're tired. We eat when we're angry. We eat when we're lonely. We eat when we're happy. We celebrate with food because certain foods have certain pleasure chemicals that stimulate pleasure receptor centers in the brain. Um, we often use food for those things. So one of the first things you can do is when you're about to like bust open that family size bag of Cheetos at the end of the day is just take a pause and say like, okay, what is the beast right now? What am I trying to tame? Am I bored? For me, usually it's fatigue. You, you know, if it happens with me, it's a case of I've had multiple long days in a row with no break. I finally get the chance to sit down, you know, without any, anything else going on. And it's like my body, my, my brain craves that food. So naming the beast is the first step. Figure out why. Um, if you just went through a breakup, are you sad? If you are, your kids are driving you nuts, are you angry? I think that might be yours with the Oreos. A lot of times it's like the kids drive you nuts. You're like, yeah. ah, Oreos. But it, it, for me, for me, it's this feeling of, I don't know if it's entitlement, but it's this, like, I've worked really hard. I've been up since 4.30 AM. And so like, you know what, you guys can all suck it. And I'm eating this. It's illogical. What my body needs after being up, like the itch that I need to scratch would be satisfied by sleep and getting into bed and a hot shower and right those things. But in some messed up part of my brain, I've convinced myself that, that I deserve this. And so I, I eat it. It's not messed up. It's just you're chasing brain chemicals is yeah. all it is. You're chasing dopamine. You're chasing serotonin because life is hard. And those are easy fixes. Those are easy ways to get it. And so learning to delay that gratification. You know, back, you know, 100 years ago, we couldn't, we couldn't get dopamine from pornography. We couldn't get dopamine from processed foods. We couldn't get dopamine from scrolling Instagram because those things didn't exist. Yeah. And so you had to get dopamine the way that, I believe God has intended us to get dopamine by completing a task, by connecting with a loved one, by doing something hard, you know, hard physical tasks. Like those are the ways that we should be getting dopamine. And you know, what's interesting. None of those ways are fast and easy. You know what I mean? Like it's not easy to just like connect with your spouse. If you've been in the same house all day and you're like, you've been going through the mundane, it's not easy, but it requires a little work. Getting a hard workout in is not easy, but it requires a little work. Um, completing a task isn't easy, but it requires work. So I think we're all just victims of really cheap, easy means of getting dopamine. And that's where this emotional eating comes from. Yeah. It's so funny. Even as you said, porn, I'm like, you can get porn on YouTube, like right now. Oh yeah. You just had to go, you know, it, it used to be like in a plastic wrapped bag at the grocery store and all the things that none of the grocery at the convenience store or like your dad had it hidden or whatever. We've just made it so easy. And so I love this point of like name the beast and the beast is not the food itself. The beast is the thing that the food satisfies. That's right, yep. right? Yep, exactly. Yep. It's the emotion that you're the emotion or the feeling that you're battling that you're trying to use food to conquer. Yeah, love it. Okay, number two, as we're staying in this metaphor of battling, um, number two is we want to be mindful of the weapons that will be used against you. What are the fat what are the most dangerous weapons we got to be aware of yeah so in this battle here the weapons refer to things that are hard to control from an eating standpoint and that is hyperpalatable foods any food that is considered like a quote-unquote junk food tends to be high in sugar salt 
fat, alcohol, or some combination of the above. Now, foods that don't have those things, um, chicken breast, uh, grilled steak, broccoli, apples, those you can tend to trust your appetite when you're eating. So you you can eat a chicken breast and some uh, broccoli and an apple, and you could probably not track anything and eat and then stop when you feel like you've had enough. And it's probably about the amount of calories you need, right? Um, Cookies, ice cream, beer, those things you can't trust because anything that is hyper palatable, anything that has sugar, salt, fat, or alcohol, those things stimulate those dopamine set receptors in the brain and the serotonin receptors. So you just have to be aware of like, hey, if I'm choosing to have this food, I need to know that it's quite possible that in this moment I will overeat it. Yeah. Okay? And then it becomes a choice of do you choose to indulge at all or do you choose to indulge in moderation? But just an awareness is a huge piece of the puzzle. If you're really truly like needing some food but like you don't want to scratch that itch too hard to risk it, like have an apple. Yeah. No one has ever in the history of the world been like, man, I had a crazy day of work. I came home and I ate an entire bag of apples doesn't happen right um unless they're dipped in dipped in nutella that's the uh. yeah exactly yeah and the other thing is these these weapons a lot of people this drives me nuts too a lot of people say it's like an addiction oh i'm addicted to sugar now when we talk about alcohol yes alcohol does have addictive properties but it's not necessarily a nutrient like sugar or salt a lot of people like oh i'm addicted to sugar it's like no it's not an addiction like nobody's out there sucking dick for oreos right like it just doesn't happen um (laughs) but it is just something that's i'm editing this Uh, no, okay, Ryan, but every dad in the room is going to be like, yeah, but, you know, my kid's diet is full of sugar, salt, and fat, not alcohol. But, you know, the the, the kids eat the goldfish. The kids like that stuff. Okay, how do we manage that uh, part of, like, the stuff's in the house, right? I would say you have to, first of all, lead by example. Like, yeah. why is your child's diet full of those things? It's not saying you can't have those things, but, like, why is that such a main staple? Why haven't you been able to teach your kid the proper things to eat by your own example? You know what I mean? Like, and, and just teaching them, you know, my, my kids, like they're just like any other kid. They love their sweets. They love their, but, but they're also very mindful. You know, my son, he's five years old just the other day, like we were talking and he was like, he was like, dad, I'd like a treat. And he goes, I should probably have a little bit of grow food first. Like, and mm. we, we call yeah. grow foods like, like, you know, your, your protein foods, your broccolis, your stuff. He's like, I should probably have some grow foods first. I haven't had enough grow food today. And it's like, all right, man. Like, so it's like, we don't want to deprive our kids, but at the same time, like you gotta, you gotta set the example. Like you can't, you're the leader of the house, not the, not the children. Yeah. No, I love that grow food. I mean, you're just changing, changing the story. Okay. Do one more here. And then I want to go to rule number three. Another thing that a lot of dads are going to say is they don't like leaving food left behind on the plate. Right. So, and it's typically, you know, I, if my son's had a salad on the plate, it's funny. I probably wouldn't be like, I need to, I need to finish that. Like I got to finish that. But you know, some of the, you know, hyper palatable foods I would finish off. How do we be mindful in that moment? Leftover food. Yeah. Leftover food on one hand, I do think it's wise to not um, try to waste food on purpose, right? Like the, it's a respect thing. Like we're very blessed to, if you are blessed to have, be, have the means to put food on the table at every meal and have leftover, like you're blessed. And so out of respect, you don't want to just be gratuitously wasting. That being said, um, that leftover food 
isn't going to make its way to a homeless shelter if you don't eat it. Like, it's not like you're, it's already been served. Like you, you, ha- you basically have two options at that point. You could save it. Like you could find a way to put it in the fridge, reheat it, whatever, um, or, or throw it away. But it, yeah. it's not, it, it's already been served to your family. So you're not doing the world a greater service by finishing it. Like, look at you with your badge of honor. I'm finishing this. So it doesn't go to waste for all the poor people out there. Like, come yeah. on. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's nonsensical when you really put it that way. I mean, sure. We were all told about the kids in Africa. Like we all got that for me. It's more like I associate the food on the plate with money and the money is representative of my hard work. And I don't want, my hard work to go to waste. But I think, again, that comes back to point number one. I got to name the beast. The beast for me is something about a limiting belief around money. And I think by naming it, you can act differently. We got to be really mindful of teaching kids to override their own hunger cues. When they leave food on a plate, it's because their body does not want or need anymore at that point. Mm. And so, you know, when you're telling them, finish your plate, finish your plate, you're teaching them, even though you're full, keep eating. And so that's a dangerous message too. The best way, if you talk to all the like childhood dietitians that work specifically with kids, a lot of them will tell you put a variety of foods on the plate and let the kids self-select what they choose. You know what? Sometimes like they're going to be bashing protein and they may leave the vegetables and the fruits. That's fine. Other times they may have a, not even touch the protein and they're just crushing broccoli. My son the other day ate like so much broccoli, I couldn't believe it. And like, he, but he, it's like, that's, it's, well, his body needed the nutrients and broccoli. Like yeah. if we, if we make it available to the kids, we incorporate a large variety, like over time and over the course of the day, they're going to get the nutrients they need. You don't have to make them finish stuff. That's great. Okay. Number three, overriding uh, or conquering emotional eating. Don't do a stupid diet. What's uh, yeah. <laughs> people do a lot of stupid diets. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. There's so many stupid strategies out there. Uh, the fact remains, if you allow yourself to get too hungry and there's not a specific purpose or a deadline behind it, um, if you're just doing, Oh, I'm doing a cleanse or I'm doing a no carbs forever. You're going to eventually get to the point where you're so hungry that you're not able to tolerate those cravings and you won't be able to eat those foods that you like responsibly. Okay. It's, it just becomes a battle of willpower and willpower is like a battery right? We all have different lengths, different battery sizes, but eventually it will run out. I don't care how disciplined you are. If I take any man in this universe and every and don't give him any food throughout the day, and then every night I sit him down in front of a plate of pizza and Oreos, or let's say their favorite food, we're all going to have different times of when we cave. For some people, the first day, it might be like, screw this, I, I'm going to eat it. Other people might make it 10 days. Other people might make it four days, but everyone has a point in time where they say, I'm done. I'm eating it. And so um, when you do a stupid diet that is overly restrictive, that is ridiculously low in calories, um, you will struggle and you will crack at some point. And when you crack, you're not just going to have one or two Oreos. You're not just going to have a couple bites of Twinkie. You're not just going to have a, a small bowl of ice cream. You will eat everything in sight until you're sick. Yeah. So. What's the opposite of a stupid diet? Um, a diet that's very inclusive in nutrient-dense food. Okay. So a smart diet is one where you're getting at least a gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. A smart diet is one where you never experience crazy hunger pangs, where you're actually um, you're living in a state of tolerable hunger, Okay, where like you're like, oh, I could eat right now, but it's not overbearing. That's the kind of diet you want. A diet that includes tons of 
vegetables, tons of fibrous foods, tons of fruit and micronutrients, that mindset of inclusion. And that, that's going to be, um, you know, a good solid diet. And then finally, one that incorporates foods that you do enjoy and teaches you how to do it in moderation. And this is where we have to, you know, differentiate. There is a difference between an intelligent diet to help you lose a little bit of weight and get fit and get healthy versus a diet that to get like dick skin lean camera ready photo shoot type diet. Those diets are stupid diets, but they're necessary for a small period of time for a reason, right? I like it. Just use common sense. Whenever someone has more than like one or two things, like you just described, you know, protein rich, tolerable hunger, tons of vegetables. If there's anything more than that on the list, I get suspicious. It's like, well, okay, this is fishy. All right, let's keep rolling here. We've got some great ones. Uh, Number four, you've got to cope somehow because you will, the beast will emerge. So you got to keep your mouth busy. Tell us about uh, this strategy, keeping your mouth busy. Yeah. Keep your mouth busy. It's just more of a metaphor for, um, for the larger, larger picture item of having coping strategies for a lot of people. It's just about keeping your mouth busy. A lot of times popping a piece of sugar-free gum. So they're chewing, um, is enough to like make the craving subside. Sometimes calling a friend and like talking. So your mouth is moving is enough to kind of distract you from the emotions, the craving. Sometimes, Mm. um, you know, eating things like just celery sticks where it's like you're chewing, you're eating, you're doing the act that you want to do, but it's not going to have a huge calorie impact and you're going to boost nutrient density. You know what I mean? Like make yourself like, and this is one of those things. It just, it has to become a habit. So when I feel like I'm about to eat Oreos, then I immediately go to the fridge and I make a, a veggie plate with, you know, cucumber, celery, whatever and you eat that like that's your strategy for when you feel like you're about to eat oreos it could be a physical thing i have one client that was really really struggling and i just said hey man here's the deal uh when you are feeling that when you want to emotionally eat that's just your body craving dopamine how about every time you're about to walk over to the fridge and rail you know rail off a a pint of ice cream do 20 push-ups and 20 squats and plank for a minute that little bit of exercise is often enough to give just enough of a dopamine hit for you to chill out and be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm good. I don't need that for other people. It's a 10 minute walk. Yeah. You know, have, have it basically it boils down to have a strategy that actually induces a positive change in your life. When you go to eat that veggie plate, you're giving yourself nutrients. You're giving yourself fiber. It's positive. When you go to take that 10 minute walk, you're getting steps in, it's going to benefit you. So it's kind of a two for one. You're doing something to improve your health while also distracting yourself from something that is detrimental to your health. Yeah. And my dad, you know, my dad taught me the devil is not creative, right? He's going to get you with the same things every single time. And I also know, you know, book of Proverbs says that idle hands are the devil's workshop. And so idle mouths, like saying it's it's like for me, I always get the beast emerging. Like after my family goes to bed, it's for other guys. It might be a different time, but for me, that's when it is. It emerges and here's how I could win. I get into bed because there's no food yeah. in my bed, right? right. You just like, get, right. But it, there's that moment where you're just, I don't want to go to bed. No, I deserve to stay awake. And then that turns into food. And it's it's this weird moment. But you, I, I think you've just nailed it. You you just have to do something else. And for me, yep. for me, I probably win the battle, to be totally honest, Ryan, if I just march up the staircase. Like literally, yep. if I march yep. my ass up the staircase, I win. I beat, I beat it. That's my... That's my keeping my mouth, keeping my hands busy. Yeah. Okay, last one. Let's talk about the antidote. I really like this one, but you're going to have to explain it to me. Now, number five, the way to conquer emotional eating is the antidote is the venom or the antidote is in the venom? 
It's in the venom. Okay. 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 So this is a big topic here and it, it dives into psychology a little bit, but I've used this analogy before, but I'm going to use it again because maybe not everyone has heard it. Adrian, if I tell you, and I'm going to give you something to do, and it's really, really important. I need you to focus in. Whatever you do, do not think of a pink elephant. What do you just think about? You know. Yeah. yeah you know, you can't even say it. Pink okay. elephant. Yeah, there it pink is. Yeah. He was big okay. too. He was huge. Yeah, Massive yeah. pink elephant. Yeah, yeah. Um, huge trunk. Um, yeah. But the reason is because it, you know, I, I gave you that exclusion. Same thing happens when I say, okay, no Oreos for this month or no wine for this month. The second you remove something and exclude something, it becomes all you can think about. Okay. So, and again, going back to the willpower battery, you may be able to make it three months without Oreos. You may be able to make it six months without Oreos. It may be three days. I don't know what your individual Oreo timeline is. However, what I do know is when you don't make it part of your plan in some way, shape, or form, you will eat it irresponsibly. So when we say the antidote is in the venom, you need to find a way to take those trigger foods, that food, those foods that actually you often want to overeat or the foods that you have a scarcity mindset around, you need to find a way to incorporate those as part of your healthy plan. And this is for long-term type stuff. I had a client one time, um, she was, she was obese, uh, worked really, really hard. Like she, she I mean, I, I got training videos from her. She's just crushing herself in the gym, trying her hardest and just wasn't making progress. And, and, and one day, you know, I was like, Hey, you know what, what's going on where you're working really hard. Like it's, but she's self-reporting that she's not sticking to the diet. And she's like, Ryan, all I can think about is jelly beans. She's like, it was one of my favorite little things. And you know, ever since I started working with you or I'm eating healthy, I'm eating a ton more vegetables, I'm eating a ton of protein but I feel like I haven't been able to have my jelly beans. And it's like, and she's like, so I can only make it like a day or two. And then I eat like a whole bag. And I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Every day after your workout, you're going to have a quarter cup of jelly beans. I want you to measure it out and you're going to have it. And you're going to have it after your workout. See, one of the things that people don't realize is um, anytime you train hard with weights, you have these glucose transporters inside your muscle cells. And they basically bust open to the wall of the muscle cell. And it's like a window to allow sugars in. What that means is the sugar you eat in that time post-workout, if you train hard enough, is gonna go inside the muscle cell. So it's gonna fuel your next workout. It's not gonna go to fat cells. So this has huge implications for people who are obese because oftentimes there's insulin resistance. So when anytime they eat sugar, uh, a lot of times it just goes to fat cells. And so doing it in the post-workout time is a great time to incorporate those treats because the muscle cells are open and accepting of that fuel to fuel your next workout. So we implemented that strategy every day. She measured out her little quarter cup of jelly beans. She had it after a workout and all of a sudden fat started melting off of her. And it was because we never had those binging episodes of jelly beans from that point forward because she had them every day. And, you know, speaking specifically in your context, Adrian, you've done a lot of like photo shoots and stuff recently. You've had a lot of challenges where you're like nose to the grindstone. I'm going to get super lean or I'm going to get super strong. Or I'm going to do this. And you've had the discipline to eliminate Oreos completely and be like, ah, no Oreos. And that works for time. Now the next step for you is to find a way to have maybe one or two Oreos yeah. every day yeah. as part of your plan yeah. and make it something that you look forward to, make it something you enjoy. The more we do that, then when you have it every day, it's like those times when you are super hungry, you're like, meh, 
you know, I'm going to have my like, two Oreos tomorrow. I don't need to eat the whole pack. It's right just now. like, oh, there's another pink elephant. Like there's no, yeah, right. Yeah, it's another, not like- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, another pink elephant. Cool. Like, no, but seriously, like that's, that's the final step for you. That's like the, the point of mastery. You at this point have mastered really hard diets. You've mastered the ability to track and count protein. You've mastered the ability to time carbs with your workouts. You've mastered the ability to lose weight uh, and get leaner. The next step of total mastery for you is to transition to eating those foods that you really, really enjoy within the context of your overall plan while still being able to make progress. Yeah, no, And that's truly the holy grail, man. When you get there, life is so freeing. It's, it's so freeing. I had a client this week was like, yeah, man, I had a big work trip and it's like, they had pizza and like drinks and stuff every night. And I was able to like have small amounts of each every night. And I came back and I was still like a half a pound lighter from the week before off my average, like making progress while incorporating those foods is so damn empowering. Mm. And it, it's to the point where like, you don't ever have to diet again, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a final thought here, I would say to guys, you know, some guys come into a, you know, weight loss journey, a health and fitness journey, and they are a hundred pounds overweight, let's say. And so when you're that far overweight, sometimes you do have to you do have to restrict a bit. We're not gonna say to you, well, you like Oreos, let's keep eating Oreos, this whole yeah. process. And I think initially in the process, you have to do some things because you, you've dug a hole for yourself. You have to put in work and and restriction restriction comes in many forms, right? Like for some people, that means eliminating Oreos completely and only eating certain foods, you know, that either grew in the land or had a face, right? So veggies and protein. Uh, For other people, that restriction may mean we're still going to allow some of those foods, but we are tracking and measuring every damn gram of things that goes into our mouth. Um, For other people, restriction is more time, timed feeding and fasting windows. You know, I don't love intermittent fasting in in general for a lot of people, but it's a tool in the toolbox. And for some people, it is very, very effective. So we have to find some means of restriction. You can't continue to do everything you want to do and still get leaner, if that makes sense. Like you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice somewhere. And recognize you'll get to a place if you do that work, right? If you do the work that our grandfathers did come in full circle here, you get to that place and then you just get to enjoy it. So anyways, this has been an excellent conversation, Ryan. Uh, we've, we've hinted a little bit around the idea of like, should you do these extreme challenges, extreme diets? So let's do another episode on that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Um, if this episode spoke to you, please share it on your social media. You can tag me at Men of Bedrock and tag Ryan at Ryan Fanley. And um, hey, just to remind you, we have put together a brand new training to rebuild your body and reclaim your day. It is the three daily disciplines that we think will give the best bang for the buck. And you can grab that. It's a totally free download. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for being here, Ryan. I always on the bedrock calls, give you the last word. So let's not change that up. Final word. Final word here, guys is be a man, conquer your emotions. This is going to serve you and your family in so many ways. When you conquer this, a lot of times, this is the one key that once you unlock the door opens up so many other doors in your life because when you get a handle of your emotions you master yourself control your mouth and control your dick and you can control a lot of things right as a man truly (laughs) that's it that's it that's why ryan gets the last word because he always gives you exactly what you need to hear